radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 55, recorded on Friday, December 10th from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And on today's episode, we take on the topic of abortion and the recent Mississippi oral arguments that's taking place in SCOTUS right now and how Roe v. Wade may be under attack by our conservative majority Supreme Court. But first, our headlines. Welcome back, Joe. Hello, I'm back. Again. Back again. Back again. It's holiday season, guys. Just bear with us. Yeah, and we both have a lot going on. You've been doing some I got a lot going on. That's my I'm <laughs> I'm a person with a life and I, I need to live my life, all right? <laughs> Get off our backs, <laughs> our two uh, all regular three, listeners. All three of you. Hi, shut- Eric and Bill yeah. and Joe's mom. <laughs> Just shut up and let us live our lives. <laughs> now to the headlines. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. Up first in headlines, Biden had a very interesting call with Putin last week about Ukraine and the Ukraine-Russian border. You mean the Russian border. <laughs> Sure. (laughs) Sure. We can talk about that. So as of right now, Russia has over 70,000 troops on Ukraine's border or Russia's border (laughs) and actually is expected to invade sometime next year. Um, A Russian invasion could also jeopardize an oil pipeline between Russia and Germany, causing mass oil shortages all throughout Europe. If Germany decides to actually sanction Russia. Correct. Which would not be in their best interest, but sometimes you got to do things for the betterment of the world. So to figure this out, Biden and Poon actually sat down for a virtual phone call. It was not in person because of COVID-19 concerns. I don't know if you saw that, but they're actually, Biden was in the Situation Room and Putin was, I think, like on one of his properties or something like that. Um, yeah, in uh, Sochi. So, yes, thank you. And they discussed a wide variety of topics, mostly surrounding the Ukraine controversy. Putin's main ask was actually focused on uh, requesting that NATO's military alliance wouldn't expand into Ukraine, which could mean more troops on the Ukraine-Russian border. Basically, they are arguing that NATO alliance, if Ukraine is accepted into it, would be a threat to Russia. Which is why Ukraine wants into NATO, because they want the protection of the rest of NATO against Russia. Right, exactly. So let's be real here. Russia ain't scared of anything right now. Like, they have nothing to be afraid of. This is all protection-based, because Russia keeps invading Ukraine. They annexed Crimea. Right. A few years ago. Right. Because they wanted to. It's ours now. Screw you. Luckily, Biden did say this was actually a non-starter, and the phone call was most cordial from what reports say. As of right now, Biden actually does say that he does not plan on sending actual U.S. troops to the Ukraine border to defend them, which is a very controversial statement and mostly being attacked by the right wing. No one wants war, right? And that's that would be the outcome of like everybody just keeps amassing troops and nobody's willing to blink. It would result in a large scale war. Well, and there are people in Congress, I mean, mostly your establishment Republicans, and even some establishment Dems as well who are calling for an increase in troops on that border. And that's not you can't in this day and age with all of the weapons that both the United States and Russia have and all of the armaments and it, it well escalating things would just be stupid. Right. It's not the 70s anymore you know the Cold War where oh we'll just blow up a, a third party country in a puppet war <laughs> you know, Vietnam, Korea 
it's not like that. So this would be a horrible outcome. And it's, I don't think really it's what anybody wants. It's certainly, you know, you get the war hawks that uh, mostly are funded by defense contractors who want that money that will push in that direction. But is this really what we want after finally getting out of Afghanistan after 20 years? Well, right. And what concerns me right now is Biden's really trying to puff out his chest a little bit here. He wants to differentiate himself from Trump, who showed a lot of deference toward Russia and Putin. And he wants to show everybody on on the world stage that he will not back down from Putin. He wants to be the tough guy, right? So I'm already concerned that he may do something stupid just because he wants to act tough. And let's not forget the Russian annexation of Crimea happened while Joe Biden was vice president. Well, and while he was vice president, he also called Putin like I think it was like a like an unstable thug or something like that. But like he just straight up like as vice president, full on just called out Putin all the time. Like he hates Putin. So the idea that he's gonna try to back down for peace sake is concerning. I think he has the temperament to do so, but I mean I don't know. Especially when you have people constantly tell or whispering in his ear that he should be going to war and helping out most of Europe for this. Really, I think the biggest thing that can happen to avoid this is for Germany to stay step up and pledge that they will tank this pipeline if Russia moves into Ukraine. Well, and there was also reporting about how Biden threatened even harsher sanctions on Russia, saying that all the things that I think the Trump and Obama administration threatened to do, saying that we now have the capability of doing it, and they're going to just impose harsher sanctions. However, foreign policy experts also do say that that's kind of been going on forever, so it doesn't really matter. And that was the Russian response. Right. Is that we don't care. You've well, because they've always this. been doing it. Yeah. So what do we even do here? Like, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I know you said like Germany needs to step up. Most of Europe also needs to step up. But what should the U.S. and what should Biden even do here? I mean, Grant, we're not even foreign policy experts anyway. So right. why I the mean, hell should we care? But So it should be a diplomatic solution, not a military one, that if there is any leverage that you can bring and that the rest of the world can bring, that would be kind of the key to it is not just be, well, America is doing, you know, everything we can and no one else. We need Europe and the rest of NATO to also join in and out, lay out the consequences. And there must be, and again, like we're not experts. I don't know what the consequences could be. I don't know what leverage exists between the different trade deals and who imports Russian wheat or whatever sure. that they can threaten to, to stop doing if this happens. But that's what needs to happen. I Again, I don't think a military solution is good. Like that It's not going to be, end well. I yeah, know, you're right. the outcome of that with the firepower involved is just not, it's not good for anyone. So you want to hear a crazy take that I heard this week about this? So the first crazy thing was I was actually watching Tucker Carlson this week and they were talking about this and they were talking about how Biden should not go to war with Russia and how he should not bring more troops in there. And they thought he would do that. So they were saying about how stupid this was and blah, blah, blah. And they kind of almost agree with us, but you know how Tucker Carlson spins everything in a dumb way. It was kind of like that, except they accuse him and whoever was on the show with him accused Democrats of wanting Biden to go to war with Russia because they're a Christian country and they want to wipe out the Christian countries. Okay. Isn't that insane? Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I thought you know every time they talk about godless communists, they always bring up Russia. No, Russia's the Christian, Christian country, country now. Yeah, I, it's it's so crazy, dude. I I don't know it, and it wasn't even dog whistling. It was just straight up like blowhorning right at the TV. Insanity. So yeah, I couldn't even believe I heard that. We're trying to go to war with Russia because we want Russia, the Christian country, to be more like U.S. Just like all of our recent wars, all against other Christian countries. Right. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, like I said, overall, from multiple sources on both sides, the talks were very good, cordial, professional. Um, I think one of the White House delegates uh, reckoned it to a business deal talk or something like that. So it was very professional, but not like anything super emotional in any way. And that's kind of about it. So we're going to see what happens next. I'm sure Russia is going to make the next move because it's Putin and it's Russia. So we'll have to see what Joe Biden does in response to that. And what, probably about six months. Let's move on to a COVID update. So I really liked the joke you put in here, by the way. I appreciated it. I just want to make that very clear. Oh, yes. The Omicron Percy I-8 COVID variant. Because I am a dork. And when I hear Omicron, all of the Futurama episodes yep. flood into my brain. Thank you for reaching out to my Futurama fandom. I appreciate <laughs> it. I, okay. It means we can pronounce it correctly. There were, like a lot of people I've heard. Well, including Biden. Yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> we got to stop the Omicron. We got to stop the Omnicron. We got we to take care of the Omnicron variant. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Oh, my God. Omicron. Jesus. And I even saw, I think it was like an NPR article or a New York Times article about how like Omicron actually doesn't have a set way of saying it. I'm like, shut up. Just say it's Omicron. Jesus. <laughs> You're just making Lur more angry. <laughs> so obviously, since the last time that we've recorded, there is a new COVID variant, the Omicron variant. It was identified in South Africa. Which should not be confused as the South African variant because it did not necessarily originate there. That's just where they found it. Correct. Like they're the ones that are actually looking for variants and trying to identify if infections are coming from a new variant. Yep. So they were the ones that found it first. But it it is now in the United States. Yes, it's and uh, a big uh, outbreak came from Milwaukee. Uh, there was a wedding in Milwaukee that yep. led to uh, definitely spread to California. Also a guy in New York at an anime convention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the super spreader anime convention. Did you? There was a meme I saw about that where um, something said about how this guy from the anime convention should for like now be known as the Oma Weeb. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that so much. So one of the things that's happening because it was identified in South Africa is many countries, including the U.S., immediately started blocking travel to and from Southern Africa. Africa. Yeah. And again, basically punishing South Africa for being very diligent. For being vigilant. In, yes. In trying to identify new variants of, of COVID, which they did identify and then were met with all of these travel bans immediately after correct well and i think the hard part about this too is that this variant is still very unknown compared to the other variants we don't know how transmissible it is compared to um the ones before including like especially delta we don't know how deadly it is compared to the others all we know is that it's just starting to infect others around the world so some of the early findings that are coming out is it does seem to be extremely transmissible south africa's cases i believe it was in the city of johannesburg doubled overnight wow. when they 
discovered uh, this variant, and it, it is spreading rapidly. It's already become the dominant strain there, but encouragingly, it does not seem to be as deadly. It seems to infect younger people more readily, and it does seem to get around vaccination a little bit more than previous strains, which is unfortunate. But I think particularly because it is infecting younger people, the severe symptom rate is much lower so far. That could certainly change. It could mutate even further. At at this point, like you said, we don't have enough data, but those are some of the early reports coming out. Uh, There is, I mean, it's just more incentive to go get a booster. I've gotten mine already. You said you're going to get yours uh, this week, right? Tomorrow. Yep. So if you are not vaccinated and you listen to our podcast for some reason, get vaccinated because you, you're you going to catch some strain of COVID otherwise. Well, and definitely get boosted. I think that's the real problem too, where you have a lot of people who are just not worried about getting the booster because they're already vaccinated. I get it. Life's kind of going back to normal. Take a time. It's still free. There are clinics open everywhere. Life's only getting back to normal because of vaccination. Pe- well, and because people just or don't care yeah they they're (laughs) just sick of it but if you look at the infection rates they're still ridiculous yep but don't worry jason senator ron johnson (laughs) he's got the the solution is on the case proponent of every crackpot covid treatment except for vaccination yep ron johnson the worst senator in the united states yeah i'll go for that certainly very i mean you're you've got some other crazies but he's he's high up the problem is like okay i would argue between like ron johnson mitch mcconnell but ron johnson's freaking crazy dude (laughs) he lost his freaking mind so i would argue for ron johnson right now at least once he's gone that's right back to mitch mcconnell yeah when mandela barnes is the other senator from wisconsin i'll feel a lot better that's gonna be so nice So what did Ron Johnson do now? So he claims that the new treatment for COVID should be mouthwash. That mouthwash will kill the COVID germs in your mouth and prevent spread. I have the actual quote here if you'd like. Standard gargle mouthwash has been proven to kill coronavirus. If you get it, you may reduce viral replication. Why not try all these things during a town hall session last week? If he wasn't gargling with a mouthful of mouthwash while he was saying, that his point is is completely moot well because that's what you would have to do well now the <laughs> is just constantly have mouthwash oh he's so stupid and breathe through your mouth to not your nose well, well that's what i was just gonna say so it goes through the first thing which okay first and foremost i don't mind the idea of practicing nice hygiene good i mean you should all bro you all should like do more mouthwash anyway because all your mouths stink Number two. <laughs> but that's what the mask is for. It keeps it in. Right. <laughs> but number two, if you are trying to gargle mouthwash to kill coronavirus, you're missing the entire nose section that you breathe it in with. It's like saying, well, if you just put isopropyl alcohol in your mouth, <laughs> it'll kill the coronavirus. If you just put bleach in your mouth, it'll kill the coronavirus. Sure, high levels of essentially poison, right? Mouthwash has a lot of alcohol in it, will kill the coronavirus, but only what's in your mouth at that moment. It's not reducing your overall exposure or what's in your body. It's just literally on contact killing the virus that's in your mouth right then. Right.
Right, exactly. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Now, granted, Johnson did put forward a study that does show that there is a modest benefit of using mouthwash to kill coronavirus, which is fine. But again, all experts agree that the vast majority of infection comes from the nose area. There's actually a quote here from Dr. Kim Woo-Ju, who says, even if gargling kills some of the virus, it won't be able to clean the nasal area, nor the viruses that are already penetrated deeper into the body. Right, like your be- lungs. And- because, <laughs> duh! Jesus! Yeah, no, it's the dumbest thing. It's just like, why don't you inject bleach to fix it? Because that's what, because bleach kills it on surfaces. So if you just inject bleach, so he's just saying, well, the alcohol in mouthwash kills it, so just drink mouthwash. Just get the damn vaccine. (laughs) Everything except vaccine is what he's purported so far. He's been on the ivermectin train. He's been on the- He was a big part of the hydroxychloroquine train, yeah. Anything except what actually works the best. He's an anti-masker, anti-mandator. He sucks, and he he needs to be gone. He even pushed anti-vaccine misinformation, too. So screw this guy. Get him out of here. Very much looking forward to having a different senator next year. So now let's talk about some very depressing news. Staying in the state of Wisconsin, unfortunately. For those of you who may not have already heard, well, I'm sure many of you have, there was a devastating attack where a driver plowed through the Waukesha Holiday Parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and killing at least six people, injuring many, many more, leaving the entire community in the state devastated. And we are in the county of Waukesha. We're on the opposite end of Waukesha from where the parade was, which was in the downtown area area uh, certainly an area i'm very familiar with someone that we both know used to live there uh, my wife her office used to be located right there something that was terrible and horrible and when it, this was first being reported and seeing the video of just an suv blurring past the uh, cameras that were pointed in that direction and while people are having a parade down yeah. the middle of the street the, is just crazy the one that killed me the most is i'm, I'm a big marching band guy i teach marching band on the side and while Watching him plow through those marching band students were just like just devastating to me. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched any of the video that actually shows. I don't think you need to. And it, yeah, and I, to be honest, I, w- I wouldn't. Re- <laughs> I wouldn't recommend anyone doing because it it's triggering as all hell. I did it. I don't know why I did. So yeah, it was really bad. And I think what's worse though is this bullshit narrative that we're hearing from crazy people and extremists about this where i mean i'm hearing a bunch of different narratives first off i'm hearing about how this was because the guy was black i'm hearing that it was a possible blm attack on waukesha i'm hearing it was an antifa attack and then i'm also hearing that there is an intense cover-up because democrats don't want to say anything because the guy is black and there's a lot of talk about specifically he was trying to kill white people like his motive is known and that's what it was right i disgusting i'm so angry And the reality is we don't know what his motive was. And sometimes you'll never know what the motive of of these kinds of things were. The the guy in uh, Las Vegas that shot up the country music fair, no one knows what his motive was. Right. Well, I mean, for most reports, too, it sounds like he was actually fleeing from another dispute. Right. There's a lot of talk about the distance. And uh, from the report of the school that that incident took place is... Just right down the road. Yeah. From where this... Certainly, I I don't think there's a 
reasonable like to drive that fast through a parade like no one was directly behind him but he also has a history of mental issues right where it might not have been a reasonable response but to say like oh yeah it's he was just because of the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict that's what prompted this he was out there to kill white people they're just inferring based on his social media and nothing that he has actually said no manifesto unfortunately a lot of these terror attacks you know that they'll give us their whole reasons behind it but uh, nothing like that here he tried after he got out of the car and kind of got away from the parade he tried to hide out in someone's house and that was a white person and there he did not attack that homeowner even when he was asked to leave once the guy could hear all the sirens and knew something was going on and kind of suspected that this guy had something to do with it uh, he left that guy's house and was immediately arrested there's video of all of that so not like a deranged i must kill all white people that i see uh, didn't seem to me watching that video but again i don't know that's the thing there's no way to know but to present that as well this is a hundred percent proof and it's being covered up no we just don't know at this point what happened right the other narrative in this is oh cash bail reform is what caused this problem because he was out on a thousand dollar bail for a fairly violent attack against his girlfriend the the mother of his child where he also ran her over and a lot of what i've heard is well of course this is what he did they should have seen this coming what i'm sorry like i'm all for separating violent domestic abusers from their victims and doing anything to protect them even though the police have said and won cases in the supreme court that they are not required to enforce any sort of restraining order and it's not their business to protect people in those types of situations right i'm all for if they felt that he was a threat to his girlfriend to yes keep keep him locked up don't provide him bail if you feel like he is going to continue to commit violent acts but to say oh yeah you should have seen this coming that he was going to drive through a parade and kill half a dozen people and wound dozens more that's insane there's no way anyone could have seen this coming based on even like you look at his history yes it's a lot of violent crime he was wanted for bail jumping in another state you could use a lot of that to say well he shouldn't be granted bail in this case but to say like oh you should have known that he would just wildly escalate and perpetuate violence and murder on strangers i'm sorry it's not there I don't know what that is supposed to be based on. I mean, it's emotion at the end of the day. And the whole idea with bail reform is just to say you shouldn't be able to not be in jail while awaiting trial just because you have money. And I don't see what the argument against that is. Right. In this case, if you're worried that a violent offender is going to continue to commit violent acts and is a danger to society, just don't offer them bail. It shouldn't be based on how much money they have. Right. I agree. So just something we wanted to touch on just to say again right-wing media is just insane with this the the everything is the war on white christians and this is yet another 
situation where they put themselves as the victim. They're the victim. They're white Christians. This guy was trying to kill white Christians. War on white Christians. Yep, I agree. So let's talk about the next heinous news item that we've missed over the last couple of weeks. Last week in Oxford High School of Oxford, Michigan, um, many of you probably have heard that there was a school shooting of course, another school shooting that killed four students and injured seven people. Have you seen, I mean, again, I don't want to ask, like, have you seen the footage, but like, no, just the, before anything actually happens, just him getting out of the bathroom. Okay. And not any of the actuals. Again, that's not something that I, I don't really look for that sort of thing right. online. I've never been uh, one to be that morbidly curious uh, to, to watch that kind of violence, but uh, certainly some of the bigger parts of this story, it's seemed to be easily avoided. Well, apparently, yeah, there was Jesse, just a hundred million dollar lawsuit that the family of one of the students who was shot is now suing the school district over, saying that the school district actually failed on several different occasions leading up to the hours before the shoot about signs of violence and warnings from students and others. So this is a, a student that apparently has had a lot of issues previously, given a lot of overt warning signs that he was going to do exactly this. Exactly. Uh, unlike yeah. the story that we just talked about where it was a huge leap to go from domestic violence to random spree killing this was a kid that was obsessed with school shooting and violence and perpetrating violence at his school that he was constantly talking about writing about doing this mm-hmm. and the his parents had been contacted multiple times school officials were aware of this and even other students at the school were afraid something like this was going to happen and as you said literally hours before this happened his parents were called in to talk about a note that a teacher had seen him write Writing in the schools, uh, I'll paraphrase this, something like, uh, there's blood everywhere, please help me, or was it I can't, I can't stop the thoughts, please help me. And the parents refused to take him out of school, they didn't feel that it was a big deal, he was allowed to go back into his class, and then this is what happened a couple hours later. Right. Well, let's, let's talk about the parents a little bit. So, these parents were accused, and I think indicted for involuntary manslaughter. And ran. Oh, they were just afraid for their safety, Joe. Oh, I'm sure they freaking were. (laughs) That's why they hid in an abandoned warehouse in Detroit. They had recently for Christmas, bought their son a gun. The same gun that he used to perpetrate this school shooting. He had been found in class searching for ammunition on his phone. His mom, as is well known now, basically texted him and said, uh, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You just have to learn how to not get caught. <sighs> That's just horribly irresponsible irresponsible behavior. And obviously he had access to the gun. At some point, they knew that he had the gun at school because they sent messages to him saying, don't do it, even though I think it was too late at that point. But they didn't call the school. They didn't call 911. Nope. They just sent a text to, the, to their son. To say, no, don't. Pisses me off, dude. The good news is that these people were caught. They have pled um, not guilty to involuntary manslaughter they've actually hired an expensive legal firm to defend them and their son has a court-appointed defense attorney wow pieces of garbage (laughs) really nice parents 
this this whole situation is just terrible. And and the you know it's another part of this terrible story. Their son is going to be in jail for the rest of his life. Yes. When he really just needed some help and could have gotten the help he needed had the school system and his parents just been a little bit more eager to provide that help. And it's again, it's a mental health issue. We're going to keep going back to that. The story in Waukesha, so a later story that we're going to talk about. A lot of violence in this country is due to certain types of mental health issues. Not to say that everyone that has a mental health issue is going to commit a violent crime because there are just a astronomical number of people that have different types of mental health issues but most of them get the help they need and it's the certain people that we just don't do anything for and a lot of times it's lower income low class people or in this case someone whose parents just really aren't that interested in i'm guessing based on some of their other beliefs you know that liberal snowflake mentality they think you know that you can just get through it just by being a man right and that's they're going to give their kid a gun and and that'll teach him how to be a real man well i think this is what upsets me as well where this isn't just a mental health issue this is a gun culture issue certainly how he ended up with a gun especially a kid that's showing all these warning signs that is in huge distress and then your your solution is to give them a loaded handgun but, and this is the problem, right? Where this wasn't like a black market sale that they got this gun from. The parents got it and they gave it to them. Perfectly legal. This is exactly the kind of problem that we're talking about all the time. It's so easy. There's zero responsibility. There's zero accountability. This is a vi- and that's what makes this a rare case because the parents are actually charged. Hopefully right. this sets a precedent and shows people that, you know, hey, there could potentially be consequences if you give this kind of action access to a weapon to someone who goes on to to use it to commit a violent act you know it probably won't probably not i mean uh, the the and that's why they let's be clear here that's why the parents hired an expensive legal firm because it's going to be much easier for them to get out of this whereas their son there's no way i don't care who you hire he's going to be in a facility for the rest of his life and that's why they know that they know well you know with the the way the gun culture is in the country it's much more likely that they can escape punishment versus their son if they pay for an attorney again showing how the legal system works in the united states unfortunately and this won't lead to any change in laws it won't lead to needing to have insurance if you have a gun you know like we do for cars it won't lead to licensing in order to own a firearm like we do for cars it won't lead to any substantial change unfortunately not at all so let's go back to some lighter news and back to wisconsin and back to wisconsin it's a very wisconsin heavy episode (laughs) it's all right so for those of you who don't remember rebecca clayfish we did a whole episode about her you should check it out in our um, archives who is running for governor against tony evers found the missing link to this entire critical race theory controversy also see our critical race theory episode in our archives you guys she uncovered something that's never been seen before and she did the unthinkable 
she found definitive proof that critical race theory is not only in our schools, but that our teachers are explicitly being taught critical race theory to be used in the classroom. K through 12. She found it and she put it live on video on Twitter with a tweet that said, Democrats keep lying to us. Critical race theory is being used in our schools. Check out what we uncovered. What did she uncover? That she can't read. <laughs> critical reading theory. Oh my God. So she is half correct at a um, teacher's convention. I think it believe being held in Wisconsin Dells. So in her defense, she did find that this convention was teaching teachers on how to bring CRT into the classroom. Bringing CRT into your child's classroom. Except this CRT was not critical race theory. It was cathode ray tubes. No. <laughs> they're, they're bringing TVs in. It was culturally responsive teaching. Literally how to be more aware of different cultures and lifestyles in your classroom. And to bring that into your teaching. So like if you're in a more rural area where there's a lot of farmers, farming background, you would bring different examples that relate to life on a farm because that would help your class relate to what you're teaching better. Yep. Just things like that. Obviously horrible things teaching your children that America is evil. It's so stupid. And the video is still up on Twitter right now. We'll link in the show notes where she just yeah, did not take it down after it was no. pointed out that she was wrong and insane. And of course, Democrats as well as teachers and sane people called her out about saying, maybe you should go to this conference because you literally don't know how to read a single damn thing. And then also for clarification, they actually did the, the website because she yeah, they actually they, had to change. They that. had to change their website because the thing that she posted in her video just said CRT or bring CRT into your classroom. And they literally had put bring CRT in parentheses, culturally responsive teaching <laughs> into your classroom and again i'll say this even if it was critical race theory that's still fine yeah it's still not what they think it is i say do both bring both in yeah I, it's fine all I don't, the crt you know, just bring every crt in i don't know that the kindergartners are really going to respond well to higher level law theory i couldn't understand a lot of it but i don't know kids these days are a lot smarter than me so but what's a better way to get them up from nap time by getting them woke (laughs) (laughs) either way rebecca clayfish is an idiot and she's ran for governor and she has a good chance of winning so let's get away from this lighthearted story and let's talk about something a little bit more serious for our final headline all right what is it the war on christmas has begun the fire seen around the world. <laughs> the burning tree seen around the world. And Moses was not involved. Dang it. This was, of course, we're talking about the Pine 11 terrorist attack <laughs> perpetrated by Antrifa. Stop. <laughs> and I stole both of those, but uh, I put them together, so it counts. Fox News's Christmas tree was burned down by a homeless man, Joe. Oh, no. And you would have thought that someone bombed the Fox News office. Did you see their coverage of the tree? <laughs> it was crazy. They wall s- to wall. Right. Like Fox and Friends. Hannity, Carlson, Tucker Carlson, Ingram, everybody. Geraldo. How could could someone (laughs) do this? This horrible, evil monster. By the way, there was also a school shooting. Oh, Christmas tree. 
Yeah, they certainly covered this a lot more than they covered the January 6th attempted overthrow of our democracy. And they're treating it much more seriously and advocating for much harsher penalties than January 6th, where people died. So tell me what happened. What what did they say? So... According to the Fox and Friends host, this is indicative of lawless Democrat-controlled cities. Uh, Ainsley Earhart quotes, Who sets a Christmas tree on fire? Which, by the way, thousands of Americans every year accidentally. I I was just going to say that. Wait. So sad. No more music. No more tree. No more music. I, I guess he burned the music too. <laughs> and no, I love it. No more music. No more tree. No more Christmas. Infuriating. It's a tree that unites us, that brings us together. It's about the Christmas spirit. Sure. It's about the holiday season. Okay. It's about Jesus. What? It's about Hanukkah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like what? That's a turn. I think it, it's actually purposefully excusatory to Hanukkah, but whatever. It's about everything we stand for as a country. Is it? It makes me so mad. Okay. <laughs> Get a new tree. Yeah, which they have. It's already up. So, Man. you know, uh, there's a new soldier fighting for the war on Christmas already. <laughs> He's at his post, guarding day and night until some another homeless man. And the alleged arsonist has been released pending trial on January 4th, sparking more hyperbolic outrage for Fox News, blaming those liberal bail reform laws. Shut up. Except that arson, and they, they said, oh, it wasn't even a felony. It is. A fe- like, he is being charged with multiple felonies. They just don't carry bail requirements because no one was injured. Kind um, of what you'd expect. Also, it was a tree. It's property damage. Yeah. And they claim that tree was worth a half a million dollars, by the way. Which, no, they are. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. That's what they said. They said it was worth $500,000. Oh, my God. Which there's no way. No. A hundred of those trees aren't worth $500,000. And it wasn't even a real tree. It was like metal scaffolding with pine boughs over, over it and a lot of ornaments and lights. Not even a tree. Fake news, fake tree. Well, but yes, they covered it as if literally their headquarters had been bombed and <laughs> and dozens of people were <laughs> killed. And it was, you know, Joe Biden pressed the button. But no, it was a homeless man, again, with a lot of mental health issues. Or, <laughs> or, it could be that, or. Or Antrifa, like we've already covered. My fellow lawless liberal comrades, the signal has been given and the war has begun. It is time to do what we are all trying trained to do from George Soros and persecute and target every single Christian household in this country and really show them. Well, Tucker Carlson's quote on this. This is a godless nation. Was that, you know, the Department of Justice can tell you how many Korans are burned every year. Shut up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which is not true. Uh, But, you know, they don't care. They don't keep track of how many Christmas trees are burned. What? <laughs> it's like yeah because no one burns christmas trees as like an intentional act of arson oh. like one try burning a real christmas tree that's like freshly cut well right it's not, it's not gonna burn like yours burned because it was just a bunch of pine boughs stuck together that were all dried up <laughs> And again, it does happen accidentally in houses because trees do dry up eventually and you stick electricity on top of them. 
it's gonna happen. But no one's like out there burning down trees as like some sort of let's get the Christians, which you tell me how Christmas trees have anything to do with Christianity. And, you know, I, you'll be the first person to actually do that. And be careful because you're talking to atheists who've read the Bible and studied it and understand the pagan origins of the Christmas tree and yep. that it's nature worship, <laughs> bringing nature into your house. Uh, and that literally the Bible makes fun of people who do that. But not just makes fun of them, but explicitly prohibits it. Correct. And Christmas was prohibited by the church for a long time. Yep. Uh, to celebrate. So whatever. It's Saturnalia. We all know it. If, you, if you're a listener to this show and, and you're not aware of that, look it up. It's fun. Saturnalia is way more fun than Christmas. Also Festivus. Festivus is also very fun. Which that could have certainly been a, a fest, you know, with all the metal poles <laughs> in their scaffolding, that could have been a, a Festivus pole. But yes, it's it, it, the guy when he was coming out of court and they had all the news camera because you know, it's a huge news story uh, in front of him. He said that he didn't uh, burn it, the tree down. It was all of the mothers trying to rape their daughters that burned it down. Yeah, again, this is someone with mental health issues. So that's his motivation. So for everyone, like, oh, he's just a crazy liberal, hates Fox News. No. No. (laughs) He's just a homeless person who's got some problems and could really use some help. And instead, he's going to get two to five years in prison. It was a good treated burn, my friend. Fare thee well. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. So let's talk abortion. Specifically, we're going to talk about the recent arguments that were made in front of the Supreme Court about upholding a Mississippi abortion law. For those of you who don't know, uh, Mississippi actually has one of the most stringent abortion laws on record right now in the country, currently banning all abortions after 15 weeks. Now, you may have seen other things about like heartbeat bills and things like that, and they've either been struck down by state courts or things like that, or they've just not been as bad as the Mississippi law. So the Roe v. Wade law, which was decided in the 70s, so it's been law for 50 years, basically states that up until viability, yes, meaning when the fetus can survive apart from the mother, you are allowed to terminate that pregnancy up until that point. Because at that point, the baby doesn't need you anymore. It can survive on its own. That's kind of when we're granting it personhood. Correct. So this law is actually restricting heavily the viability of of fetuses. That actually then was then pushed back on the docket for a long time, and now they're finally starting to hear the courts, or starting to hear the arguments for it. And it turned out to be much worse than everyone anticipated, because the... That maybe some people anticipated. Well, sure. <laughs> because the five crazy conservative Supreme Court justices, three of them were nominated and confirmed by Trump, are dead set on not only making sure this law is upheld, but going even further and trying to overturn Roe v. Wade in its entirety. It's- It's not only that they are all Trump nominees, they were all placed there with this specific goal in mind. This is why the Federal Society picked those three judges. And yeah, you're giving Trump a lot of credit. He was the president. He He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about these people. And he, he, you know, wouldn't have a clue. It's the Federal Society in order to maintain, because this is like where, and why does Trump care about this? Even though he's certainly paid for more than one abortion, as I've said in the past. 
podcast because he knows he needs the support of evangelicals and extreme Catholics. And this is like the only issue they care about. This is the issue. And this is why they supported him, even though he is the least religious person right. ever. Like, I can't, you cannot tell me there's been a, a less honestly religious, either what he's practiced throughout his life or what he actually demonstrates that there hasn't been a less religious president than Donald Trump in our history. But he wants the vote. And they know, they know he's gotten divorced three times, that he's banged uh, porn stars and, and paid for them to stay quiet and done all of this and lived a life that's as far from the teachings that they say they believe in and that you can possibly get. But they don't care because they want this. Because the ends justify the means. They want those three justices, one of which is completely illegitimate and stolen. And I, I can't say that enough. But this is what they want. They want this outcome. They want abortion to become illegal because they're worried about the souls of babies and fetuses and lumps of cells. So, Jason, I bet you're wondering right now, but Joe, how could they actually go against all the Supreme Court precedent based on Roe v. Wade? I'm sure that's exactly what you're asking because. <laughs> Because the Supreme Court is based on calling balls and strikes, and they are a neutral entity. Completely apolitical. Apolitical, nonpartisan. I'm sure that's what you're thinking, right? Yes. Thank you. That's not in the script. You mean that. I know you do. <laughs> we need to understand something here, everyone. The Supreme Court is unlike any other court that we've probably seen in the last 70 years. You have at least five extremely far-right activist judges, which our Constitution and our founding fathers warned against heavily, who do not care about precedent and who do not care about throwing our Constitution in the garbage if it means getting what they want. And I'm not even being hyperbolic. Because that's exactly what they argued during these opening arguments. And actually, there's even precedent on their own action and behavior. Take a look back at the Texas abortion law that we talked about, I think, a little while ago. The whole idea of precedent in that particular law was that they were going to stay that law to make sure it wasn't enforced or upheld until they had an actual case to talk about and to hear arguments for. They threw out all the precedent, turning um, Texas into a full-on vigilante state when it came to abortion. Because they do not care about precedent. It's the same thing with this as well. Over and over again, I'm not sure how much of it you heard, Jason, but during the oral arguments, over and over again, proponents to keep Roe v. Wade and to dismantle this abortion law in Mississippi constantly referred back to what's called stare decisis or judicial precedent, basically pre-existing decisions that the court has made to show how valid a decision is. Is it repeatable? Does it withstand the test of time? And in this case... And it has for 50 years. Right. In this case, Roe v. Wade was. Are there limitations? Of course there were. However, it was validated in the 90s with um, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, Mm -hmm. where it actually laid out the trimester system, which is kind of what you talked about, where Roe v. Wade only talked about viability at all. Planned Parenthood v. Casey in the 90s actually split up into trimesters. And that's kind of where we hear about the trimesters a lot. Where in the first trimester, according to Planned Parenthood v. Casey, or I'll just call it Casey for short, you the government was not allowed to inhibit people trying to get abortions in the first trimester.
first trimester. In the third trimester or the final trimester, the state would actually then try to benefit and look toward the benefit of the state itself, which means they are allowed to impose any you know or sanctions or burdens, wherever it may be, because at that point, it's probably viable. In the second trimester, the gray one, the one that has the most nuance for, I guess you could say, is you may have heard this phrase of undue burden. The state can definitely burden and try to inhibit as much as possible, but they cannot have an undue burden on those trying to seek a safe legal abortion. So like states can have really restrictive zoning requirements for abortion clinics leading to very few abortion clinics being allowed in the state. I was literally just going to say that exact example. That's a perfect example. A lot of the southern states do that now. That is upheld by the Supreme Court because, yes, it is a burden that you have three clinics in your entire state and you have to travel four plus hours to get to one, but they don't consider that an undue burden. There were also other attempts of making women who are seeking abortion. I think there was definitely one in Southern states, but I think the one I'm thinking of was in Missouri where they force any woman trying to find an abortion to actually go through material about how good it is to have a baby. From right. like and they life groups. make you watch uh, an ultrasound of the baby and yep. listen to the heartbeat yep. and have the doctor tell you that you can have complications from having an abortion, even though those, and we'll get to that later, those complications are actually much more likely if you have birth, give live birth. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, and that's and that's horrible for someone who's already made that decision and has already weighed that. What what is it? The state's business or the doctor's business at that point? You've already like these women are just like, eh, maybe I'll have an abortion. Let's let's go down to the you know I'm already out. There's an abortion clinic right here. I think I'll pop in, have a quick abortion, then maybe we'll get yogurt after. And they haven't thought about it. They're not adults. They haven't weighed this decision. You know, they're they're just doing it because they're they were already right next door. Right, exactly. While the right to abortion is not in the Constitution at all, obviously, there is so much legal precedent from the Supreme Court and other cases that it's basically guaranteed as a right in the United States until now. And that's the problem. Because when you have a Supreme Court who does not care about precedent, anything can happen. For example, Clarence Thomas and Alito were going crazy. Uh, Clarence Thomas, the sexual harasser? Yes, Clarence Thomas, the sexual harasser, were going crazy and trying to talk about how how this actually violates potential um, bodily autonomy agreements compared to things like vaccines and saying where, well, if we're going to try to force people who get vaccines, then why are we trying to say that, you know, they can have an abortion? Amy Crazy Barrett brought up vaccines. Well, well. and we're going to talk about her as well because I, <laughs> I, I almost lost my when it when she came up you have kavanaugh who was constantly repeating uh, over sexual assaulter brett kavanaugh sexual assaulter brett kavanaugh loves beer who loves beer and squee and yeah we always forget the other guy squee gets all the attention because well, that's such a weird name <laughs> you know he's an asshole because it's squee who goes by squee other than an asshole nobody except for brett kavanaugh anyway whatever <laughs> He made several arguments saying about how this should be up to the states, which is insane because, you know, why would rights be lit up to states? That's going to go right back to times where you're actually going to various states just to try to obtain an abortion. Then finally, you have Amy Cody Barrett, which is what Jason talked about, where she literally brought up the fact that having safe haven laws and the opportunity to put your child up for adoption because you don't want it means that we should ban abortion. Because you can just drop them off 
at the police station or the firehouse. Because, yeah, because if we have the opportunity to just drop the baby off. Then you should be forced to carry that baby to term. And give birth. And she also brought up the vaccination. And she also brought the She vac- took yeah. that because she's a crazy right-wing extremist, just like her colleagues on the court. It was put there. She has no business being there. And it was put there specifically to overturn Roe v. Wade. Correct. And what makes things even worse with this case is if they go as so far as overturning Roe v. Wade in its entirety, the most likely best case scenario is that we're going to ruin the viability argument for Roe. And basically, we're going to let states decide what viability means if states want to say viability means at conception that's it there are other states like california and new york who are trying to say they're going to be an abortion haven where women are going to be protected if they get an abortion it's all based on where you live which sounds apocalyptic to me but even more so there are states with abortion bans already on the books that will immediately go into effect wisconsin's one of them if roe v wade's overturned yeah so immediately if in june which is when we expect to hear the judgment on this case If they decide, which listening to those arguments, they're going to decide to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, because again, it doesn't matter about precedent. It didn't matter about anything. They were trying to make originalist arguments and textualist arguments about the Constitution saying, well, a right to an abortion is not in the Constitution. And that's also black people are not fully a person, according to the Constitution, if you're going to be an originalist. It's insane. So the whole idea of having rational, thought out jurisprudence for these laws and for these rights goes right out the window so if you're in there's the states that already have bans on the book which would go into effect as soon as like the minute roe v wade is overturned including wisconsin there are other states that have existing laws that seek to limit abortion which also have wording that states if roe v wade is overturned abortion would be banned mississippi is one of them like we're talking about them fighting over this 15 week ban week ban yeah but if roe v wade is overturned it's going to to turn into a complete ban. And those are what we call spring laws. The idea that if something were to happen with Roe v. Wade, something else would trigger in the law, springing it into action and further just solidifying it as the new established law. So it would be quite a large swath of the United States that would be essentially banning abortion. Again, including Wisconsin, which is insane. Like, we're mostly a liberal state. That Yes, there are rural areas that have very extreme conservatives, but that's not the majority of the state. The majority of the population of the state is very liberal. We have been much more of a democratic state, and even we're a socialist state, Joe. Yeah, of all states, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and a, a, a abortion would be banned here. Now, I want to talk more more about why abortion rights are important and who benefits and and who could potentially be more harmed by this law because i think that is important a lot of what we talk about is trying to even things it's kind of like the entire idea behind progressivism is to try to repair all of the damage that's been done with the way our country was built which was specifically for white wealthy landowners and not, not that much has changed over the last, you know, 250 years to rectify that. And this law 
And this idea of overturning Roe v. Wade is no different. States adopting abortion restrictions or bans disproportionately affects those in lower classes, primarily minorities, but also poor whites as well, as does most conservative legislation. Because again, they're trying to conserve that the way America was founded. Well, it's about the hierarchical classes. Which that's the idea. Which is why they don't want to teach you about that. That's why they're trying to ban what they call critical race theory. But what they really mean is systemic racism and the idea that America was founded on white supremacy, which it 100% was. Yes. <laughs> There's no way you could possibly argue that. And you could say, well, yeah, they they also uh, Irish were indentured servants. Yes. Because they didn't consider Irish people to be white. That's that's something that has changed over time. Italians weren't considered to be white. Eastern Europeans weren't considered to be white. Our definition of white has changed because it is a what, Joe? Social construct. That's right. Which is what critical race theory teaches us. Quite literally. Again, see our critical race theory (laughs) episode about how that actually works. So the idea of there being these safe haven states like New York and California, so traveling to those states, taking off from work or school, because again, a lot of people getting these abortions are in high school or college, cost of staying overnight or for multiple nights if it's a long trip plus the cost of the procedure itself our health insurance in this country sucks and couple that with the constant gop assault on planned parenthood one of the only places that provides a free or low cost uh, abortion it's quickly creating a system where the wealthy are able to access clean and safe abortions if you're rich and you're, you get pregnant, your daughter gets pregnant, whatever. You can fly out to go do whatever you want. Yeah. You put them on a plane, send it, you know, they used to send people off to, to get this stuff done and tell them they're away at whatever. And then, you know, they come back and everything's fine. That, that system will still be in place. But those who don't have access to those resources will not be able to. And now they'll have yet another mouth to feed or they'll get an unsafe abortion. And, and potentially die as a result or have lifelong medical issues to contend with. Again, with our crap medical system, uh, insurance system, and they'll be in debt for the rest of their life. Well, and again, I just want to really reiterate the fact that these are also women of color who are being disproportionately affected by this. Right. Minorities well. are affected more. Correct. Uh, just because the, when we talk about the class system, lower classes are more higher proportion to be minorities. Right. So I looked at a study that was published. Uh, this, you know, it's not a poll, but it is a study. So it's kind of in your, your wheelhouse here. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. A, a study published by the American Journal of Public Health uh, followed those who were able to obtain a legal abortion and those who were denied an abortion from 2008 to 2010. And out of those 813 participants, across 30 states. They followed for five years after either they were able to obtain an abortion or not. Those who were denied abortions were four times as likely to be living below the national poverty line. So not only at the time that they so people who are living below the poverty line were more likely to be denied an abortion. Not only that, having that, a kid probably didn't make right, anything that better. That trend continued right throughout the length of their study. So you're four times as likely 
to be below the national poverty line if you are not able to obtain an abortion versus if you are. A quote from that study from the the results uh, says, the restrictions on abortion that prevent women from obtaining wanted abortions may result in reductions in full-time employment, increased incidence of poverty, more women raising children alone, and greater reliance on public assistance. The net result may have serious adverse economic consequences for women and children. Laws that impose a gestational limit for abortion, so a term limit, or otherwise restrict access to abortion, will result in worsened economic outcomes for women. Now, I do want to preface all of this with saying a lot of times they're going to say the word women. Yes, trans men can also give birth. No problems with that. We are certainly well aware of that. It's just what's in this study. This is what's in the literature. I'm old. I, I'm just used to saying these things. Don't, don't, please don't take any offense. You're canceled, man. <laughs> hey, we're two white guys. You can get canceled. We make so much money then. <laughs> yeah, just go on Newsmax. Yeah. There was also also, uh, from the 2019 U.S. abortion statistics uh, that are kept from the CDC. So, who gets abortions? Kept from the CDC? From like, the, like, like they're not allowed to know by the CDC. Ev- everyone yeah. besides the CDC is not allowed to know <laughs> these statistics. Well, that who would knows be what only they would... the CDC doesn't know, right? <laughs> but. So these statistics that come from the CDC. (laughs) Yeah. A total of 629,898 abortions from 2019 were reported to the CDC from 49 reporting areas. So not you're not required to report abortion statistics, so this isn't covering everything, but of the... It's a lot. Right. So 629,000 in one year. So I guarantee you, someone in your life has had an abortion. You may or may not be aware of it. I will say I, my family, uh, certainly I'm aware of someone who's had an abortion. It's not my story to tell, so I'm not going to get into too much depth but it certainly is a part of my family. I have a wife. We don't have any kids. We've never we've never had a pregnancy. Uh, they just keep aborting. Every, <laughs> they're like an abortion factor. I would, honestly, if... if if there was a pregnancy, there I you damn well bet there'd be an abortion because I don't I don't want kids. Neither of us do. Oh, see um, how he added that at the end. Neither of them want. He started right. with he started with he didn't want kids, but then well, he, he's like, well, I guess I guess <laughs> what my wife thinks about her own body matters too. Again, canceled. <laughs> You're done. So it's over. Finding myself a new it's, co-host. It's not happened, but uh, <laughs> it would happen. You know, it's and especially sure. now. I mean, she, we're over forty. Well, now it's about now. It's about safety as well for her right right so it certainly would be even more i don't even think there'd be a discussion at this point right you know there might have been when we were younger so it it it's a lot of women have abortions if you haven't watched uh, snl a couple weeks back did a really good skit during we again snl is usually terrible but a weekend updates the only thing i still watch occasionally and they had uh sicily strong come on and they you know they did a funny bit where she dressed as a clown to try to take some of the weight away from her story of telling her personal uh, story of abortion and how she doesn't feel like her career would be in the same place. She wouldn't be on SNL uh, if she wasn't able to obtain a safe and legal abortion. I agree. And that is uh, a powerful segment. I, I Everybody should watch it. I uh, will link it in the show notes. I'll have to find that. But yes, I'm telling you, you know someone who has had an abortion. And if you don't, it's because someone probably isn't being honest with right. you. Right. Just because you don't know about it. But for the the areas that have data each year during 2010 to 2019, a total of 
625,346 abortions were reported. I don't know why that changes from the 629,000. There's one less area. Maybe they don't have the data for 10 years for that. Okay. The abortion rates for that time was 11.4 abortions per 1,000 women aged. Again, we say the term women. We know. Yes. It can be. Uh, aged 15 to 44 years. So out of every thousand women, 11 have had abortions. That's a lot. So that's that's definitely not nothing. <laughs> and the abortion ratio was 195 abortions per 1,000 live births. Wow. So almost... 20% abortions per live births. Okay. In 2019, women in their 20s accounted for more than half of abortions, 57%, 56.9 to be specific. And that makes sense. You have women who are just starting Right. They're their just lives. getting, yeah, they're, they're in college or they're just beginning their careers and it's not time for, for them to raise a family. They, right. They don't want that. Or they might already have a kid or multiple kids and they, they just can't accommodate another one. Either way, yep. women aged 20 to 24 and 25 to 29 accounted for the highest percentages of abortions. 27.6% for ages 20 to 24 and 29.3% the highest rate for ages 25 to 29. Okay. So that's just out of college, again, starting to, right. to start your career. Or again, you might have a, a kid or two already and, you know, the, the you have the family that you want and they have the highest rate of abortions 19 per 1000 pretty much for each among the 30 areas that reported race by ethnicity data for 2019 so not not all of them report that non-hispanic white women and non-hispanic black women accounted for the largest percentages of all abortions 33.4% 38.4% so the highest rates like overall right so that doesn't account for population total Right, I was just going to talk about that too. Right, which they, they actually do get to in a second. Uh, Hispanic women and non-Hispanic women in the other race category accounted for smaller percentages, 21% and 7%. A high amount of Catholicism among that group might kind of uh, account for this. The Catholic Church, obviously, very much against abortion. They extremely against abortion. Even the... The mainstream, not the crazy cult Amy Coney Barrett style Catholicism, but like the Pope Francis mainstream Catholicism is against abortion. Well, and hell, even against contraceptives too. Right, which is another issue that we'll talk about here. Non-Hispanic white women had the lowest rate. So when we talk about, you know, this proportionately affecting women of color more, here are the statistics to prove it. Non-Hispanic white women had the lowest abortion rate, 6.6 abortions per 1,000 women, okay. and 117 abortions per 1,000 live births, okay. so 10%. And non-Hispanic black women had the highest abortion rate, 23.8 abortions per 1,000 women, 386 per 1,000 live births. So... 38% per live births. Now, the can, areas... Okay, can I interrupt for one sure. second? I apologize. I'm, I'm going to yep. add nothing to this whole segment. <laughs> but, and I know exactly why they are, so don't at me or anything like that, but is it bad that when I start seeing these decimal points for like 6.6 .6 abortions and 23.8 abortions, I'm just imagining like half-cut <laughs> fetuses just like being left in the womb? <laughs> it's like, well, you get an 80% of the abortion now. There's like a there's like a foot in there, though. Like a vestigial twin. Yeah. <laughs> So I apologize. I just gross, Joe. I know. I'm. 
I'm I'm canceled. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Well, now you can make all that money. Yay. Uh, so that's and that's also what you'll hear about, like, oh, the, the abortion causes a black genocide because uh, black women have the highest rate of abortion. Well, or it that, could just be that they're already on the lowest rungs of society and they're the ones that can't afford to, to raise kids. Well, and that's where you also see a lot of the conspiracy theories about abortion around how it was supposed to be this like eugenics, high, right? Also, see this high wave of eugenics that's supposed to control the black population because it was actually a racist movement overall. No, it's not. No, it, it has to do with wealth and the ability to pay uh, for a family. Literally, it, literally, it's just all socioeconomic status and literally racism in the society. <laughs> right. The the reason why they are at the lowest economic status is due to systemic racism. It's also why they need uh, access to abortions, which, again, we'll get to. That should be the name of our podcast. We'll get to that. 42 of the areas reported marital status for 2019. uh, 14.5% of women who obtained an abortion were married. So a lot of times you hear about the, you know, oh, the the only people that get abortions are women that are out. Being promiscuous. Right. or, Or, you know, kids that just aren't using protection which we know is not true due to the other the age groups right. that are involved it's actually much lower among younger teens than it is women in their 20s these are are people making informed decisions about their lives correct uh, 85.5% of abortions were unmarried women. I don't think that's surprising. No, I don't think so either. Again, these are people that, that aren't ready uh, to have it. You might, and also your partner that you did not marry, uh, that, you know, is the father, uh, could be abusive. Mm-hmm. And forcing people to carry those children is also forcing that person into their life. Yep. Legally. And the more you have contact with an abuser, the more likely you are to be abused. Yep. So it's another reason to allow women that have children by partners that they do not want to have contact with, they should be allowed to terminate those pregnancies and completely sever that tie to that abusive partner. So let's talk about who are these people. We've kind of brought it up that it's not just people that don't want to have any kids that get abortions, but it's also people that already have children that that don't want to have more kids. Yeah. So we do have some numbers for that. Uh, 45 of the the 48 areas uh, reported that for 2019. Okay. 40.2% of women did not have any other children. Any other, they did not give live birth previously. Okay. 24.5% have had one previous birth. 20% have had two previous births. 9.2% have had three. 6% have had four or more previous live births. Okay. So these are not just, again, people that don't want to have kids for whatever reason. A lot of them are basically trying to stop from having more and more kids. Right. Either they they can't sustain it, they, they just, they don't want that, maybe, you know, for whatever it doesn't matter what they are looking to control the size of their families yes which i I thought conservatives consider that to be responsible apparently not (laughs) i mean it is but it's it's helping black people so we can't let that happen (laughs) you must force them to have as many it's the quiverful movement we all have to be like that (laughs) what about the idea that uh, women just get tons of abortions just again like we were talking about just because they want to be promiscuous and they're just get out there getting dozens of abortions yes well i mean i the south park episode reminds me of, like the one where like the woman's like just well it's actually a character played by carbon it's like where she's uh, just addicted to abortions all the time she she just has to get abortions because she's just addicted to getting abortions man it's awful but more than half 58.2 percent okay of women who had an abortion in 2019 have previously 
had no abortions. What? So the majority. They were just going out being crazy and there's, that's a lie? I guess so. Just like everything else you hear from conservatives. Oh man. Not, not rooted in fact. I would have never guessed. 23.8% have had one previous abortion. So between the two, that's 75%. Okay. 10.5% have had two previous abortions. Okay. <laughs> and only 7.5% have had three, three or, or more. Okay. We, those people, we need to have a talk. Certainly could use some other methods of uh, preventing pregnancy. Like, if you're having three or more abortions a year. No, not a year, just total. Oh, they said since 2019. Oh, okay. Oh, it's over a Two years right, so. it's it's just saying in 2019 those are the those were the numbers. Okay. So yeah, so like they so it's had, not accounting for how long that span of time was. Okay. It's still So a it's lot. not 20% of people having more than one abortion in the year. It's it's total. Okay, got you. So I mean, there's very few people that do have, you know, what the stereotypical are had 5 6 abortions. It's very few. Yes, okay, I get what you're saying now. People. And yeah, I mean, do you certainly have a talk about, you know, what are some of the other things that you can do besides but if that's, you know, if that's what keeps happening to you, that's what keeps happening. I'm not going to judge you for that. You're getting the abortion. You're making that decision. That's fine. That's still, your right. Still your business. And that's the right that we want to protect, which unfortunately is going to be in horrible jeopardy. Let's talk about the safety, right? They make doctors in a lot of these states tell you that. Oh, yeah. Abortions are super unsafe. Right. That you could have all these side effects from having an abortion uh, and, and you need to sign off on that and they call them informed consent laws yep using the national pregnancy related mortality surveillance system or pmss data we have a thing the cdc identified two abortion related deaths for 2018 which like is for like what every 10 women or what uh total total which is the year that they have the most recent data for uh, so two two women died due to getting an abortion in 2018 and they don't yet have the statistics for 2019 Okay. Well, how does that compare with uh, live birth? I'm well, ready. Let's do it. In 2018, the U.S. had an estimated 17.4 deaths per 100,000 live births, uh, the total number being 658. Yikes. So we had two out of like 600,000 and we had 17.4 per 100,000. So you multiply that by six to get the equivalent uh, for giving live birth. Oh my goodness. Giving birth and carrying a child to term is dangerous. Certainly not something we don't make every woman hear that when she reaches puberty or when she goes to get a pregnancy test. There's no informed consent there. Right. But even then, I mean, yes, that's already super bad, but it increased. Yes. Uh, and and even more than that, uh, let's talk about specifically the United States. Those statistics that we just read, the 17.4 deaths per 100,000, it makes maternal mortality mortality in the United States the highest when compared to 49 other countries in the developed world. <laughs> the highest. And that is a in a lot of ways due to our healthcare system and how people don't go to the doctor because it's expensive and they don't get the care they need and they have all these complications. There are got to be some other factors that they're always trying to research this like why 
why uh, the mortality rate in the United States is so high uh, when it comes to giving birth, because we don't know for sure the reasons why. Certainly, our healthcare system is a big part of it, though. And as you said, I was using 2018 so we could directly compare the numbers that we had for uh, the two deaths that we had that were abortion-related. Sure. We don't have the 2019 numbers. For that, we do have the 2019 numbers for live births. And yes, the rate of mortality actually, it was already the highest in developed world. It actually increased to 20.1 deaths per 100,000 live births to that's 754 total from 658. Holy crap. So it is risky to have a baby. And that's fine for people that, that want to do that. You want to have a child. You're taking on some risk and that's fine. And But to have the, the conservatives specifically push on the dangers of abortion, they're being disingenuous. They're lying to you. Well, that, that's what you say. They're just straight up lying. That's all it is. Because it's much safer to have an abortion medically than it is to carry a child to term. But I will tell you, Joe, I am not 100% comfortable with the idea of abortion i'm fine like people can choose and like i said if my wife were to become pregnant at any time you would force her immediately yes you're not down the stairs because you're not (laughs) because you're not about your wife's (laughs) bodily autonomy at all but i'm still like i would much prefer alternatives right to actually terminating a pregnancy you see but jason i see this as like gun related deaths where there's just nothing we can do (laughs) you just have to live with thoughts and prayers man cost of doing business yeah, exactly. So I'm all for if coming you're gonna, up. If you're going to try to make some progress in this society, you got to break a couple fetuses, you know? <laughs> to make a society omelet, you have to break a few fetuses. <laughs> so I am all for coming up with alternatives. We should have fewer abortions performed in the United States. I actually agree with 100%. that. 100%. If we can, right? Right. Well, I mean, it's it's if you want to do that, what are your alternatives? Well, and here's the thing, though. It's not about punitive reactive measures it's about being proactive so that the consequences actually lead to less abortions over time on a systemic level i'm guessing that's where you're going with this that would be the plan okay so what can we do to lower the rate of abortion as we talked about it's quite a it's pretty high we want to lower that what do you do because you just don't ending these terminating these pregnancies the thought of killing babies which is what they always say yep even though you know it's not really a baby at that point you see the faces on the billboards man. just a clump of cells uh, and then if you saw the the one where uh i believe it was charlie kirk got uh, fooled and he's like do you want to protect this fetus and charlie kirk do you believe this is a, a human being and he showed him a picture of a fetus oh no and what, charlie kirk the... was like yes and it was a dolphin yeah because you can't tell like at right. that point they're too little uh because it's not a person anyway you want to stop that you want to lower that we want to have less abortions performed what can you do well you could make abortion illegal and force women to carry pregnancies that are unwanted and have unwanted children and potentially have risky and dangerous illegal abortions. And basically turn this into the handmaid's tale. Right. And you know, America previous to Roe v. Wade, which a lot of women died getting what they called back alley abortions. Yep. Or or the responsible, civilized, educated thing to do is socialism. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> but 
These are all socialist ideas, my friend. Uh, a lot of them are, yes. So the first would be sex education and free access to birth control, including Plan B, the abortion pill. Yep. I don't care what Hobby Lobby says. Uh, that's that's they said specifically. That's due to their religious beliefs. All right, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in a soul. I don't believe God is is up there watching. I don't think baby Jesus is crying. You don't think, I don't want to hear those arguments. You don't think God knew you in the womb? That's that's the other issue we talk about. You know, <laughs> oh, babies and fetuses, and we hurt their feelings. I was born premature. I was in the hospital for a few months after I was born. All sorts of tubes and wires and whatnot. I, I don't. Uh, didn't traumatize me one bit because uh, I didn't Cause have a like a developed brain yeah. or anything. I bet you were crying though. I- I'm sure I probably was like a little pansy. Yep, uh, like a little snowflake. Yeah, yeah. And that's when your parents knew. But uh, yeah, I could have died easily or you know whatever, and it would have like I wouldn't have cared. But I agree with that though. Literally, and then also making sure that this stuff is available for minors without parental consent as well. Correct. You know that sounds like a crazy idea for people who are like, well, hold on, I want to know what my child is doing until you hear about the potential good consequences of that by allowing children to get access to these preventative measures before seeking abortions. Your kids are f***ing. Well, that it, is the bottom line. Right? But I'm not even talking about I mean, yes, there's that as well, but I'm also talking about if there's abusive parents, oh, yeah, if there's the, ancestral parents, yeah. if any type of thing, or just any, if they're getting raped by someone that they know, they can deal with this now and not be forced to carry to term that baby that they are not prepared to have. And that's a lot of, we didn't talk about the restrictions and because we kind of did a little bit in the last time we talked about the 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 supreme court decision with the texas abortion law that a lot of these laws don't even have any allowances in the case of rape or incest which is just insane right exactly we also the the socialism part here the and the biggest thing because again like we talked about the majority of abortions are not actually for teenagers which is you know generally we talk about sex education because kids just don't know how sex works and don't understand they can get pregnant even you know the first time they have sex or whatever uh, and they don't understand how to get birth control or they might not be able to have birth control because they are under 18 and you know their parents think that abstinence is the only way even though whatever yeah. that's just wrong i mean it's just the, the it's just scientifically wrong the states that have uh laws against sex education also have the highest rates of teenage pregnancy that's, also usually the highest rates of religion too but. right the most religious because yeah, that's the reason why they because it makes baby jesus cry exactly but we'll abort baby jesus <laughs> but yeah, that, that was, is the, that was that a rape baby that is the as al- we've talked about. that is the ultimate like, and goal if, of and the if war. god is all of our fathers then it was also a rape incest baby so our uh, goal for the war on christmas is to abort the baby jesus mm, sure all right i have good. no problem with that well i'll call on trifa right away <laughs> and trifa what else can we do uh, if it's not all teenagers and a lot of this is adults who know very well uh, sure. what's going on and, and sex education, they have access to birth control. What can we do to lower the abortion rates for those, the, the majority of, of, of women who are in their 20s? Well, we can create a more robust social safety net for low income and single parents to make raising either a child or another child uh, to be more affordable. Well, and we talk- 
talked about that in one of our previous episodes with Biden and the child tax credits. Yes, child tax credits are huge. Uh, reduce child poverty by 50%. Yes. But exactly. they're set to expire. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's not our problem. Too. <laughs> so we need to make those child tax credits permanent and we need to uh, probably increase that system. Or how about, you know, we talked about this again, universal pre-K. Free daycare, free pre-K education, things that are in the Build Back Better plan that is constantly uh, in limbo, Schrodinger's bill, uh, that we don't know if uh, Kristen Sinema or Joe Manchin is going to vote for it. Also, we can raise the minimum wage so that you can support a family on a single minimum wage job. Yeah. And that, at this point, we're talking $20 an hour. Yep. We're done with $15 an hour. $15 an hour is not even adequate. It was a stepping stone. Right. And we haven't even gotten there. Yep. I agree. That would probably be the single biggest thing to do. That along with free health care. Well, and paid medical leave as well. A family medical leave, another thing that is in, and and Joe Manchin does not want, one of the things that he is stripping from the Which Build Back Better bill. Pisses me off to no extent, because literally, the United States has one of the worst bits, I think, of paid family leave of any other developed world in this entire freaking we, world. We just talked about, Joe, one of the reasons why we haven't been recording a lot recently is a lot of my free time has gone with taking care of my mom, who just had hip replacement surgery and was living with me for the past two months and between all of the hospital visits doctor's appointments therapy uh, visits things like that where i still had to balance a full-time job around all of that and you know making sure that she was being taken care of it is a big strain mm-hmm. and i could have really used some some paid family medical leave uh, and i have none Right. Uh, so, yes, it's it is a big deal and that's nothing like raising a child, you know, having a, a newborn that needs constant 24-hour a day attention. Well, and again, I want to make it very clear like maternity and paternity leave in like the UK, I think in other parts of Europe, I think are going up to like 6 months. Right, for both parents. For both parents. We can barely get I think like what was it, like 16 or 18 weeks. Here you're lucky if you don't get fired. Like, well, you don't lose that your job. But right. that's and that's um my like when I was born my my mom lost her job in order to have me and that's the truth and that's the way it was and in the way it still is in a lot of places you know especially with you know the it's like the big thing well it's a lot of those jobs are contract jobs mm-hmm and you don't get any benefits. Nope. So, and a lot of the gig work and all that, you're just not getting paid if you don't go in. So that is a huge deal. The, those things, if we can get free health care, because that's another reason why people don't want to have kids, because it is a huge thing. You're constantly going to the doctor during your pregnancy. And that's, like I said, why I suspect one of the big reasons why we have such a high mortality rate for giving birth is because people aren't going as much as they should to the doctor during their pregnancy because it's all very expensive. And not only that, when you have the child, the child has to constantly then go to the doctor. Yep. And people can't afford that. Our healthcare system in this country is terrible. And fixing that would lead a lot of people to decide to have children where currently they're deciding to terminate their pregnancies. Exactly. And then I have here at the end, literally anything that reduces wealth inequality, anything that you do that reduces that gap between the one 
1% and the 99% is going to lead to more people deciding to have a larger family because they can afford it. Wealthy people can, it doesn't matter. A surprise pregnancy is not, you know, the end of the world for them. It's like, oh, well, we'll just have to hire a nanny again and everything will be fine. That's, it's no big deal. Whereas for most people, it's all I'm going to lose my job because I'm going to have to take off when I have the baby and I can't afford to feed them and I can't afford to go to the doctor that much. So that's why people are choosing to terminate the pregnancies. If you want to limit the number of terminated pregnancies, those are the things that we need to address. Now, who is most vocal about wanting to end the termination of pregnancies in this country? Conservatives and specifically conservative Christians. Who is the most against every potential solution that we just talked about? Conservatives. It's got to be Democrats, <laughs> right? I think it's Antifa. So they're not doing anything to actually responsibly well, do anything. humanely. Yeah, it's just, it, they don't do anything because again, that's their platform. They're Like you said, going full circle to wrap this all up, it's all about preserving the status quo and the social hierarchies that go along with them. That's all it is. So Republicans who know that they're pandering to people who are already in privileged positions are able to say, no, screw these other people who are underprivileged because it doesn't bother them. It doesn't matter to them. And that's where it goes all the way back to if you want to do anything with this, you have to get involved and you have to vote. And sure, like, I, I don't even want to say, like, I mean, yes, voting, you have to. I, that's like the bare minimum, though. You need to get your friends and your family involved. Get all your friends to vote. Get your family to vote. Donate to a campaign. Volunteer for campaigns and help elect Democrats. In Wisconsin, if Tony Evers does not become the, or is not reelected as the governor, who knows what's going to happen for abortion rights in Wisconsin? I mean, heck, even then. Yeah, I think even if he is the governor, he's going to be the governor in June. Sure. Abortion will be legal, and he won't be able to do anything about it because of the way the legislature is controlled by conservative uh, Republicans. Right. So and for those of you who are saying, well, you know, Democrats and Republicans are the same off because the whole point if hillary clinton got elected and we sucked it up and just voted for the damn democrat we wouldn't be in this mess but no we had to send a stupid message to i guess ourselves and black people that mainstream democratic politics just isn't good enough for us well they were sending a message to the dnc that they didn't like hillary clinton well yeah it really showed them we got joe biden because of it and even then now because well and we got donald trump well that's what i'm saying like, so so we got Donald Trump, and then even then, the DNC still ran Joe Biden. Great freaking message. And now on top of that, we're about to lose Roe v. Wade. Get involved, help out, and get progressive Democrats elected. That's how you fix this. The damage is already done thanks to Trump, where we're going to have a Supreme Court who's going to be just like this for the next 40 years at the minimum. And Breyer won't retire. So, <laughs> so it could get worse. Yes, it can get even worse than this. If you're not angry now, you should be. If you're not terrified now, you should be. Get involved and do something about it. Right, so we're going to literally be living in The Handmaid's Tale in about six months. And it might be too late for that. I don't think there's going to be anything you can do. You know, you're going to be, if you live in Wisconsin, you're in, and you or somebody you know needs access to a safe legal abortion, you're going to be going to Illinois yeah. in six months. And the only thing I can 
tell you is it's the 2016 election and you can't travel back in time, but you can avoid these types of things further down the line or these types of things from getting worse by reliably voting for people that have your rights and humanity at heart. And right now, yes, that's the Democratic Party. And no, they're not perfect. And they're far from perfect. Oh my God. But it's that or a Christian theocracy. Those are your two options. The Democratic Party with warts and all or a Christian theocracy. So make that choice. Your third party stupid protest vote won't do a damn thing. Does not do anything. How many votes for Jill Stein, you know, where did that get you? You're grabbing the Johnson or whatever. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. It got you Roe v. Wade overturned. So yay. Get ready, folks. It's about to get really bad. Hey, see you next time. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. All right. All right, let's try this again. Yep. From the top. Take two. Yeah, sorry. Just keep going. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> the CDC identified it. Identified it. <laughs> it's about being pro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa.